Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you, and uh, it's a Monday morning, the 18th of September. Pretty exciting. The last two or three nights, we've opened up all the windows at night and turned off the AC. Oh, my God. It's really great. Really nice. So I think fall is falling or breaking or, or something. We actually got about two inches of rain, too, over the last few days. So we're very blessed out here. The deer and everybody are happy. So I hope you're happy. It's a Monday morning, the third Monday of the month. And each month around this time, it brings us to a good friend of mine, great guy, Dr. Richard Massey. He's an MD out of uh, Austin, Texas. And uh, he kind of looks at things like, well, how did we get these things we call diseases? Where did they come from? And he has some very curious ways he looks at them with recall healing and a a motto called Family Constellations. And... um, and he works with people. And also on the weekends, he stands out in the corner and he says, looking for girls, I work for food. And Dr. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just uh, finished my tour on the corner. Yeah. So, how um, was it? Did, any action this yeah, morning? Yeah. So I'm in here uh, relaxing with you today. Yeah, huh? right. There we are. There's this beautiful picture on that I put on Faceplant, and it was a wonderful picture. It's this cute little dog, and he's got a little sign around his neck, and it says, all dogs are good dogs. <laughs> just got me, man. Just get me. Just, oh. <laughs> all dogs are good dogs. So how is your love life? Do we have any uh, Miss Massey coming in down the runway or anything you want to tell us about? You know? You know, uh, no, uh, no marriages to announce or anything like that. Uh, the big thing we'll get into today, if time permits, is I just got back from this. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh that's right. You were, uh, let's put the picture. International Association of Near-Death Experience Studies, I-A-N-D-S. So you went there. When did you go? Yeah, it was the end of August, uh, first few days of September. And it was in Washington, D.C. There were over 700 people. 700 people? Yes. Yes, it was the highest vibration feeling of any gathering I've ever been in. Um, Most of the people had already been dead. Um, so there was no social pretense of any kind. It was just pretty honest. Um, <laughs> and just bright lights. They were just bright lights everywhere. Uh, everybody had already figured out, oh, you don't really die. You don't really die. Uh, That's a good thing. So, so that kind of, you know, once that fear is done, yeah. uh, people are different. They're you know, they're just brighter and lighter, and um, and they also know about the grind of coming back from being killed, um, and they have a deep appreciation for people who are in a grind. Like, you know, Daniel Brinkley, I think he said it took him two years to learn to feed himself and walk again. Uh, well, that's the fellow that, by lightning. yeah, he was hit by lightning like 
three, four, five times, right? And uh, he really went through it. I mean, he really went. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people did. It took them a long time to learn to walk and feed themselves and oh. talk again. So they know what that part's like, too. Um, but I, I was honest this time. I told them some stuff I didn't say it the last time I went. So here's my little badge. So everybody gets a little badge. You know, you've been to conferences. So uh -huh. here's my little badge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went ahead and told them to give me a green thing for experiencer. But it's funny, all the work I put into being a medical doctor, everybody thought that meant I was from Maryland. Uh, they, didn't, they, they didn't look at Austin, Texas underneath. They said, oh, you're from Maryland. Me too. Because uh, the M MD, they... Oh, the MD, yeah. I see. <laughs> Yeah, there we were in Washington, D.C. A bunch of people were from Maryland. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're in Maryland. Do you mm. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty funny. So, out of these 700 people, would you say that um, just most of them or lots of them have had uh, what they call near death experiences, which we can talk about and, uh, and it's, it's worth talking about? Most of them did, or some of them? Or? I think the majority did. Uh -huh. And. <clears throat> There were others, like I met Scott Taylor, and I, I listened to his hemi-sync tapes at night. So Scott had what's called a shared death experience. And uh, I'll just mention that, and we won't say names, but you know one of the ladies I lived with in the past. Mm -hmm. She also had this capacity that she could do shared death experience, which means that when someone dies, if that dying person and the relatives who come to greet them at their deathbed, if they turn to this living person who's in the room and invite them to go, that living person inside the physical body can leave the physical body and travel with the dying one up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. There's a point they can't go past, but they can go through that tunnel of light, the council of elders, the life review, they can go through that whole part with the people who are going to go beyond and not come back. And then they're allowed to come back. And I'm told that a lot of people in hospice have this capacity, that they actually have the capacity to voluntarily participate in what are called shared death experiences. Um, and so there were people there who had that. And the Hemisync people and Scott Taylor and the Monroe Institute, they all have these things you can listen to on headphones that take you into the realm of a shared death experience while you lie in your bed or sit in your chair, because it turns out it's a vibratory state. It's something that's already like it's on my dish channel network. I just haven't pushed that channel button yet to go over there mm -hmm. and see what's showing on that channel. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these headphones are a way of showing the nervous system how to push that button on the remote and have this experience. And so they're excited about it because you don't have to get hit by a truck, you know, and then you don't have to have all the orthopedic surgery and learn how to walk and talk again. Mm -hmm. You can do it by listening to these headphones and uh, sitting in your room. Um, so I started doing that since the conference. Um, and I'm telling you, Patrick, I'm discovering some things, not all of them comfortable. Um, 
but the experience of the headphones is totally comfortable. I mean, like I can feel an expansiveness as soon as the sounds begin. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to get into it very far. I'm sure you're that way and you're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, once you find that frequency, right? I mean, once you find it, then everything just uh, happens there that happens on that frequency. And and it, it can make it difficult to talk with a lot of other people who've never experienced that frequency. Um, so this is a, so, an actual feeling, sound, image, all of the above that that you move into when you use this stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're in training different things and they have like hundreds of programs with different frequency objectives so that you can have a wide range of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 23 was my big number. So being born like right at 1950, basically, I was just a couple of months before that. Uh, Michelle pointed out to me that that my timeline also goes like this. So I'm 73, so I'm reliving 1973. And I was 23 years old in 1973, and it's true. I've replayed all the stuff I did at 23. Um, and so when I when I went there, and there's this booklet. I'm, I'm not kidding you. There were so many talks and so many people and so many exhibits and so many authors. It was like college or medical school. I said, I'm not doing this. Um, I'm going to go hang out with the, the mediums and the psychics for a couple of days. And uh, so I went up there to meet these healers because uh, supposedly they have extra gifts when they come back from these experiences. And the first lady did something called an I Ching numbers thing where you throw these pennies six times and they look for heads and tails and all that. But the number that came up was 23. Hmm. So it was like, hmm. Then I get a message from the people in Kerrville who had my car where my car broke down and they couldn't get to it. I had to leave it there. It was going to be $1,221. $1,221. Which adds up to 23. <laughs> and, and then I'm, I'm walking down the hall. I'm not sure where I'm going to go. There's so many things going on. And I meet this high, this happy kind of bouncy lady named Becca. And, uh, <laughs> Becca is an, you know married with Sky and Sky is doing the Monroe Institute presentation. So I thought, okay, she's happy little um, bright spirit. So I'm just going to go in there and sit and listen to that. And they got married on February 23rd. So there was another 23. Mm-hmm. That the lady, I, the main reason I even knew about the conference is because I saw this, this lady Maria Lupita Garule. Um, who is a medium and just a just a beautiful soul. Um, and I got to hear her presentation and her near-death experience was 23 years ago. <laughs> um, and so it just kept coming like that, you know? Um, you knew you were in the right spot, right? When you're, these yes. things are happening. You- and I knew I had something in common with them. I knew what happened to me happened at birth. Mm-hmm. I don't have any stories because I don't remember anything. Yeah. A lot of people, even at birth, they remember stuff. Really? I don't remember. I don't remember anything. This is my parents telling me, "Yeah, this happened." You know, let's let's go mow the lawn now. 
Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I just was honest. I told everybody, I said, look, you know, I have something in common with you guys, but I've got no glorious stories of heaven. I haven't been down any tunnels, you know, and, uh, and honestly, life has been kind of tormented. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm on the mark yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they said, well, you need PMH Atwater's book. So I got this book. Oh, good. You got that one. Oh, that's great. I love the title. Forever Angels. Yes. That's great. And she she did the, the biggest study on childhood, birth, and in utero wow. near-death experiencers. And the book itself is dedicated to a, a woman whose near-death experience was in utero. And she remembered this uh, during a deep hypnosis session, right? And I always am thinking, you know, yeah, sure. And... But then when they went and talked to the mother, the mother corroborated that at that moment in the pregnancy, she was trying to commit suicide. Wow. And so, like we learned in the recall healing and the project purpose, the nervous system of the little one will do anything to save the mother. Yeah. Even if it means dying in her place. Hmm. And so here's this little fetus willing to die in the mother's place so she won't die. And then apparently she came back to life when the mother suicide attempt didn't work. She decided to stay alive. And so the baby comes back alive. Um, and the book was dedicated to her. Um, so I had something happen at birth um, and you know, I, I sit and read this with my M-Wave because I don't trust my own thinking. So I put my heart biofeedback monitor on and I read it. And by golly, I have a lot in common with these people. They're called birthers. Birthers? Uh, people who had something happen like that at birth. Um, and most of them come back into their bodies because they get a glimpse or a vision of what would happen to the psyche of their mother and father if they left and didn't come back. What would happen in the emotional state of mom yeah. and dad? Yeah. If, if the they, grief would kill if they them, didn't. right? They, wow. would, they would never get over it. That's pretty cool. So <clears throat> they make the choice to come back into the body and stay, uh, even though what's on the other side is like so much brighter and, sure. you know, yeah. So, uh, and I don't have conscious memories of any of that. Um, I met a nice lady who's a medium. I didn't have a session with her, but I have one scheduled for Wednesday. Um, I have a friend who is going to do a ketamine-assisted therapy for me. What's that? Uh, ketamine. Because I, I've, to I've told her about, about this. Uh, I kept this kind of as... Like, I didn't tell people the truth about this stuff until this conference. Like, like what my life has actually felt like on the inside. Um, outwardly, like, so what she says in this book, The Forever Angels, when people are adults and they die and come back, they have a period of integrating that experience. The childhood people never integrate the experience. Because they never had a life that they knew before. Uh, 
they compensate for it. And that's been my choice. So I became an anesthesiologist against my will. I didn't want to do it. But I had to reenact that birth experience. I didn't know that's what I was doing. Uh, I had to do it to make my mother happy. I mean, it, of course, it had no effect on her as a person. But I had to make her happy as I still was stuck in the birth scenario. That mother, I was trying to make that mother happy, not the one who had moved on. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, and then when I started doing holistic things, the people who came to me were women like my mother who were struggling. And most of my work was to help women who, in my mind, without my knowledge, representing my mother as she was at my birth moment. And I'm trying to save them, you know, and I, like, like after we'd have an encounter, I would think about it for days. I mean, I couldn't sleep at night. I would think, God, like, what was the real answer? What was the best solution? Did we miss it? Is there some way we could refine that? And it was like I was not living my life. I was living a life of trying to save my mother the way she was at the birth experience. And there's still some element of that, even in doing family constellations and doing the recall healing. The part that's been helpful, I think, is doing the heart biofeedback during the sessions. Because um, even though I start out in the moment trying to save mom, in the middle of the session, we enter into some space that's not about that. Uh, there's actually a space that happens that's really about a heart connection that me and the person that we're working together, we can both sense it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's beyond that birth scenario. But the beginning of the sessions, I always go through the birth scenario, fear and, the, oh, my God, somebody needs to be saved. And, you know, having to work through that every single time. Um, so... I'm hoping to get some freedom from that uh, in these sessions. And I'm grateful to know that a whole bunch of other people have experiences. I'm not like the only one who got stuck there and spent their life compensating and was afraid to talk about it. Uh, you know, I mean, well, I don't even know how to talk about it. Um, so, oh, you, you know, you're doing a pretty good job of talking about it. I think it's great. So fascinating Here how all this all connection with every soul and all of the things you just talked about, it's going on all the time, isn't it? Every moment, just interacting yeah. and people are saying, you want to oh, do this? Yeah. You want to do that? How about this? What about that? It's all right here for us to, to look at and see. It's, you're doing great. Did you, um, at this conference, where most of the people... Or how many, or a lot of the people, use, use your words, were, had these uh, near-death experiences when they actually had some kind of trauma, like an accident or an operation. Um, and most of them gone through some kind of traumatic thing to have the experience? Most of them? Yeah. Yeah, that was very common. Hmm. You know, I, I met this beautiful light. I was so fortunate. I, I met this... The, 
the whole thing. This is like a family constellation. So, for instance, if you or somebody else was to sign up for a constellation, the moment a person has an intention to do a constellation, they're in it. That it's like the constellation in some sense has already happened. We don't know it yet, but we're already in it. As soon as we make the decision, as soon as I decided to go to this conference, I was back at the birth scenario. And I, I get that. I can't tell you how incompetent and helpless I felt like just in daily task. And I, 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 I didn't put it together until it was ending. Like, Oh, look at that. That's so obvious. I, I mean, okay. So like my car breaking down in Kerrville. So I go to see my granddaughter and great grandson, you know, before I'm going to leave on this trip and the car breaks down right down the street from their house hmm. in the parking lot of a car repair place, right? Well, they can't get to it for five days. So I rent an enterprise car there in Kerrville. That's the only thing I could think to do. Drive it back to Austin, park it in front of my house, fly off to Washington, DC, you know, and it wasn't until I got back that my son said, you know, you could have driven that car to the airport. Yeah, that's what I just thought. Turned it in. See, like, see, like that would be an adult thought. <laughs> that would have saved me like $800. Patrick, I paid $930 to park a rental car in front of my house. <laughs> you know, it's, it, if that's not a metaphor of being stuck somewhere, right? So, so and, how, how, how did you get to the airport? How did you get to the airport? Yeah, um, I, Meridian took me to the airport. She gave me a ride to the airport while my beautiful 2024 Altima sat there you know i mean it was a beautiful car um and then and then see this is this is the insanity of this so <laughs> so washington dc right so it's at this double tree hilton hotel right. do i look on the internet to see which airport is right next to the double tree no i just get on there and click flights to washington dc oh look it says dulles okay let's get that Dulles is a 35-minute drive from the hotel. <laughs> it's way in another place, mm -hmm. right? Reagan Airport's right next to the hotel. So so I landed this place, and the lady who was gonna who lived there was gonna give me a ride. Something happened and she couldn't come there. So I'm standing on the curb and I'm watching everybody else get a ride. And I'm just standing there going, hmm. So I tried to, I put the Uber app on my phone, but I kept getting in this loop that wanted to keep re-verifying my phone number. I never could get to where I could order like a ride to show up there. And these cabs would go by, these gray cabs would go by. And I thought, a cab, I'll, I'll pay whatever just to get off this curb at this airport. And so I finally, I'd, I'd see little bits of their phone numbers. They went by. And I finally got the whole phone number. So I called it and nobody's there uh, to answer phone. Um, they just say, hey, this is such and such a cab company. Uh, you know, leave a message if you want kind of a thing. It's like you know, I'm standing on the curb at the airport. So everything about this whole thing was replaying some kind of disconnect, mm -hmm. some kind of right and tooth 45 was abscessing. 
So 245 was throbbing. It started as soon as I signed up for the conference. And it just kept aching on and off. And I kept thinking, oh, it's emotional because it's coming and going. I'll just work through it, you know, do some recall healing with it and all this. Um, and it worked. I was able to get through the conference and it would just hurt at certain times. Well, then I came back, went to see Dr. Nunley, got an x-ray, said, hmm, looks like this is an abscess tooth. You know, you can just see it right there. So he pulled it. And uh, and just to show you how bad it was, I, you know, I, I read the uh, tooth chart backwards in the book. And I thought it was a completely different tooth than it was until a friend of mine who we've done constellations on her teeth. She calls me up and asks me about it. And I was so embarrassed. I said, oh, God, I had the right and left backwards. And this tooth tells the story of betrayal in the workplace. Hmm. Betrayal in the workplace, right? So you look at that birth scenario where... Here, apparently, I'm born okay. I'm set aside. They're working on my mother. They're in the workplace of birthing. And nobody's noticing I'm getting bluer and bluer. I'm not breathing. And I have to be resuscitated a couple of times when somebody finally notices. So there's a betrayal in the workplace from the beginning. There's a betrayal in the workplace. Medical permit is revoked. You were there. You saw it. it. It's like the whole thing is is just a system that can be viewed as the word betrayal. And I'm totally aware when I do a Byron Katie worksheet that spins around to me. I got that right, and that's important to do. Uh, but that tooth does betrayal. It also does imprecise pathway. So it's about going down a pathway that's not quite the right one. Right. Which has been my felt experience my whole life. It's, <laughs> it's not quite right. I mean, it'll work. You know, if you have a machete and you can chop down some extra stuff, you can get through that way. But there was a really nice pathway over here. It's like you should have seen me in Meridian when we went to this conference and uh, at the Biltmore, see my niece get married and we got used to electric bicycles. So we thought, you know, while, while we're out here, we're going to go to this mountainous place and we're going to rent these electric bikes because it was so much fun. We were on the edge of a highway, Patrick, with broken rocks we were having to dodge and 18 wheelers were going past us. And here we are, two little senior citizens on our electric bikes, you know, trying not to fall over when we hit these rocks going up and down these mountains, not knowing that there was a beautiful bike path built through the woods about 30 feet off of the highway completely in the woods very scenic very beautiful and no traffic we didn't even notice that's an imprecise pathway mm -hmm. we can make it work we, we can work. go through life there's going to be things that suck it's going to be riskier And that's, that's been kind of my past, you know, <laughs> kind of made it work. Uh, but, man, it has not been. Uh, and the other thing for that tooth in the recall healing book is pitfalls. Going to be a lot of pitfalls. You know, alcoholic blackouts, I'd call that a pitfall. <laughs> um, 
it's a pretty good pit. Um, Fell in a pit. And so that tooth came out. So, um, so I'm on the edge of a nervous breakthrough, another one. And uh, we'll see if maybe I, you know, end up back on my path, which the NDE people say that a lot of them say that the reason that they pre-birthed agreed to be killed in their life. They made a contract that if they got too far off their path and they weren't going to find their way back, it was okay to let themselves be killed and then get back on their path. Oh, when you say right. killed, to, to have a trauma so they leave their body. And, yeah, mm. so, they could, so somebody could have a conversation with them that wasn't going to happen when they're totally identified with the body. All right. You know, we're going to get to see our spirit guide or whatever face to face, our higher self or God or whatever, you know, I mean, half the people in this childhood book, half the people saw Jesus. That's that was their experience. And I mean, this was Muslims. This is people from other countries who'd never been to church. Um, said Jesus showed up and they, they knew who he was, you know, and they had a conversation with Jesus like the old hymns, you know, that oh, have a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> have a little talk you know, with Jesus. Sing all that at the revival, and uh, that's what they did. So, yes. So, interesting Great time. Stuff. I'm yeah. glad I went. Good for they you. They have online groups. People can go online. If you even think you've had a spiritually transformative experience, <clears throat> if you've ever left your body, if you've had an out-of-body experience, there are groups online where you can talk about that. They're like in the 12 step groups really helps to sit with other people who've been drunks. Mm, yeah, it really helps. And, and it helps to be with people who left their body and been to another realm because you don't feel crazy when you're talking to them, you know, and they have a way of saying, okay, well, here's how I integrated this, this is what it was like for me. And, and everybody shares, you know, uh, and it creates something called hope. In the 12-step world, that stands for hearing other people's experience. Hmm. And it gives hmm. a person hope. Yeah, because they can see that's how their life is, and they can, yeah, gives them yeah. hope. Yeah. So anyway, that's my Man. bit of intro there to the... Near death, transformative experience world. If if uh, folks want to look into it more, um, what would be? Do you got one website there we could? That yeah, you could send them you to. You think I A N D S. Um, you can find all the different sites to go to through them. You can contact somebody and chat with them. Um, uh, what's what's it again? The the URL? Uh, yeah, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Okay, E-I-N-D-S. Okay, dot .com maybe? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it'll just it'll just pop up if you type in I-A-N-D-S. Oh, um, I see, yeah. I-N-D-S, cool. I-N-D-S. It's a nice little logo they got there, too. Cool. International yeah. Association and of so Near-Death. It looks like the data suggests that one out of 20 people have left their bodies and gone to other places. Uh, so if you know 20 people, you know somebody. 
uh, the lady I was listening to this morning had her NDE at uh, 21 and didn't speak about it until she was 50. Um, so most people suppress it in order to continue functioning. But like me, they're not living on their precise pathway um, until they really integrate that. Hmm. So hmm. there may be a lot of people out there listening. And if you're listening, chances are, you know, if you resonate with anything I say, chances are there's alcoholism in your family <laughs> or you've had an out-of-body experience of some kind, uh, you know, or you're a science geek or a math geek, uh, because I'm in all those groups. So. Doctor, or you just love Patrick. You are you, yeah. Sure. Dr. Richard Massey is with us. If you'd like to be on the show, <laughs> you can you can call 888-663-6386 or email patrick1radionetwork.com. When I was a kid, uh, Saturday mornings, I think uh, maybe... Fourth, fifth, sixth grade, we used to be able to watch cartoons first thing. And I would always get up early because I wanted to go watch cartoons, but I had to wait until I think the first one was like seven, Little Rascal or something. Mom didn't want us to get up until. So somehow I figured out how when I rocked back and forth, put my legs up like in a, you know, that I would leave my body and, and I would be above the, my body in my bedroom. And it was just the most amazing feeling that I ever had. And I never said anything yeah. to anybody because I just thought everybody did it. But I really, you yeah. know, after a while, I could just pull it off, you know, just rock. And before you know it, you just, and you're out of your body and you don't, you know, I don't know where you are. You just, mm -hmm. a, few, a few times I actually could look back and see myself doing that. And I thought, was, I thought that was pretty cool. But um, never, never said anything to anybody about it. Never. It never was a problem. Yeah. It was just something I did that was fun. And then I guess I just yeah. stopped doing it at one point. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely yeah. are soul, right? We are not the body. No, no doubt about that one. Man. In the hypnosis from Scott, it talks about um, that we have non-physical bodies residing in this one. And the yogis talk about this, too. If you achieve some level of mastery, if you get in this certain vibration, that non-physical us, that non-physical body can exit the physical body and uh, look around and see other places and go other places. Um, oh, so they're talking about soul leaving the body to go into other realities? Astral, causal, mental. They, yeah, they call it a non-physical body in oh. this hypnosis. They say we have physical bodies and non-physical bodies, and and we can learn to separate those at will and then bring it back at will, just exactly what you're describing that you knew how to do as a child. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so the non-physical you can just, you know, go float around on the ceiling or whatever. And uh, and then come back, you know, um, is, and they would uh, the way I've kind suggest of the memory of our origin. With that idea, Doc, the way I've kind of been taught and have seen that we have a that I have an astral body, right, right, that operates on the mm -hmm. astral plane, 
the emotional yes. plane, and then we have a causal body that, then we have a mental body that operates on the mental plane, and we have a soul body which operates on the soul plane. So we've already got these bodies there. It's my experience that it's just a matter of focusing your attention on where you want, and then you're yeah. then you're there, kind of like <clears throat> right when you're dreaming, you're yes. somewhere else. Yeah. So. Yes, in my, yes. In my path, we call it soul travel, thing. but you're not really traveling. You're just changing your viewpoint. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the other encouraging thing I would say to get off of my story and onto the encouraging parts, the encouraging parts are this. Everybody who had a big trauma said at the moment that the pain was getting to where it was unbearable, they left. They left, yeah. Didn't have to feel it. Uh, people who were hit by a truck, they left before they were hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just looked down at that body. Oh, wow, what's, wonder what's going on down there, all those ambulances and stuff, right. you know. Uh, so there's some mechanism that protects us uh, from feeling pain. So if anybody's worried that they're going to have this. Yeah, have to go through some tr- crazy. I agree. Do you always, it's the old idea that you always dream in a dream. In a dream experience, when you're in another reality and you, you're falling, you always wake up before you hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Right? You always think. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same idea. Yeah. It's well, good to know, right? Yeah, it's good to know. God's yeah. gentle, you know? <laughs> gentle. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. And that's. Um, so, how are you doing now after being at this place on. Any kind of fears of dying? Have you you kind of feel like you're squeaky clean on that? You're over it forever. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that. I <laughs> I don't think that I have a fear of death, but I, I worry about you know how graciously am I going to do the dying process? <laughs> uh, you know, I have some concerns about that. I it cracked me up when Stephen Jenkinson was on a panel. Uh, and everybody was talking about how they were planning on all these wonderful deaths, and he said it, his turn was last, and it came to him. And, and they asked him, "Well, how do you how do you want to see your dying happen?" He said, "Lots of mucus, lots of screaming. I want to see people really howling and all this kind of stuff, you know." And uh, I just thought that was so funny. It sounds so non-spiritual, but very human. Um, and uh, yeah, I. <clears throat> I, you know, I hope to go as, as graciously as possible and, and leave something good for a good imprint for my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's a valuable that kind of idea, right? Yeah. This one, RadioNetwork.com. We're with Dr. Richard Massey. Stay right there, Doc. We're going to do a little break here, and we will be... Right back uh, with Dr. Massey. If you'd like to join the show, 888-663-6386 and email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. We're going to uh, come on again after Dr. Massey leaves here in about 45 minutes. He has an appointment at 1130. And we are going to do a little show on what we call Virag, V-A-I-R-A-G, which is means um, there are Viragi masters, that I work with, and it means 
and not to be for or against anything in the state of Iraq. And um, we're going to get into that and talk about that and give you some ideas how you can work with these teachers who do this because they're open to helping anybody that wants to. So you can do that. So we'll do it. And we'll do it after we visit with Dr. Richard Massey. Um, we're going to do this one here. Haven't talked about this one for a while, but this is really a great, a great product. And uh, it's from Daniel Vitalis and Sir Thrival. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum. Too. It's a really nice product, and you can put bananas in. I sometimes do little blueberries, and I just got myself some creatine for building muscle. First time I've ever taken it. Um, I don't know if you got any experience with it. You can email me and let me know, but keep reading. It helps the body to build muscles, and I get stronger, actually. Who cares about muscles? I don't think I want to get stronger. Anyway, uh, Sir Thrival's got a lot of wonderful products if you care to go there at Sir Thrival, just on one radio network, Sir Thrival. One of the things that uh, we've been experiencing in 2023, kind of started early 2023, was that we began to uh, really lose product sales. That's the only way we, we earn money is when you buy a product and we get a commission it's called affiliate marketing, and you just click on it through our site. You have to click on it through our site with the hydrogen or this. And well, the sound is different where you email me, but and Shen Blossom and Blue Shield, a uh, uh, wonderful um, um, electromagnetic field protection device, Blue Shield. But we started, I guess, uh, really started kind of towards the end of this thing, this COVID thing, whatever it was, and to just. Not uh, people were just having a hard time with the, uh, you know, just with the inflation and prices going up. Have you seen stuff at the grocery store? It's crazy. So this, the product sales have really dropped off, even though our listenership has stayed the same or increased. 
in, in some venues. And so that's interesting. So people just must be having a hard time or, or they don't need the products that we're offering. Who knows? We have, I think, some of the best products ever. But anyway, along the short of it is we, we could use your uh, uh, support to uh, exchange some of them, something of value uh, for what we give you. If you believe what we have is valuable, you can exchange something of value like some, some of your precious rock collection. I'm just kidding. Uh, dollars would be good if you... <laughs> dollars are good. Dollars work, you know, rocks, okay. But dollars work. So you can donate some dollars through our website on the donation tab. You can do a one-off donation or do a monthly thing, 10, 20 bucks, people do, and it's really helpful. And that's actually actually necessary for us to continue because, um, as I say, the, the product sales things that's worked for 15 years, which is really interesting, it just dropped off a cliff. So not sure what's going on, but it is what it is. So we're asking for your support and people have been doing it and we really appreciate it. So I love you all very much for that and thanks and just makes me just warm and goosebumpy all over when I get those little donation things in there. It's just so cool, man, I tell you. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Dr. Richard Mass. Yeah, you know, it really is, Doctor. Amazing when people send you emails and say, "I really appreciate your stuff, and I love you." And you know, here's twenty bucks. I mean, it's like, come on, it just doesn't yeah, get much is. better than that. You know, yeah. it's like it feels, it just warms the cockles in my heart. You know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, really great, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's say something useful for people out there. Anybody has any questions? <laughs> something useful. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, any yeah, questions? We can say something useful. Yeah, any uh, questions? I think we got a few. Somebody's life be a little brighter. Yeah. I think we got a few yeah. in here from earlier. Then I'll go to your, you have your own little, I don't know if you knew this, but you have your own little setting here where Dr. Massey, let me find him. Yeah, if you have a question for Dr. Massey, uh, Patrick, you can call 888-663-6386, email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. You know, the thing that I really love to think about, if I can find it, is that I know that, Doc, that Divine Spirit, God, or whatever you want to call it, Jesus, Buddha, you know, I think they're all pretty much the same. Um, like you said, with the, with the NDE, is always trying to, to help us, you know, and support us. Yeah. And give us yeah. what we need. You know, just come on, give me, here's what you need. I have little detox stories I'll tell you. As you probably know, and our, our model here is pretty much that we don't catch anything that we detoxify, right? This is, I think you're on the board with that. We just detoxify, and that's what we do. So last week, I had an interview scheduled with the, the Baileys in New Zealand at 5 o'clock, Texas time to air Tuesday morning at um, 10 o'clock. We had to do the pre-record. So I felt great. I did it. 5.30. Bye. See you tomorrow. We're going to, we'll run the tape. Half an hour later, I felt like a truck hit me. I mean, I felt like I started to throw up. I get the cold sweats. My, my, I couldn't, you know, it was like an incredible detox, just massive, you know. And I'm grateful because I, I knew that this is what it was and I didn't catch anything, thank God. So I was good. So, but I felt terrible. I couldn't eat or drink. It's just really terrible. 
So the next morning, I, I get to play the the interview that we did. And I think, well, that's cool that I knew to, I knew how to, do, you know, so I didn't have to mm-hmm. do anything. So then I wake up Wednesday morning. I had an interview scheduled. Still sick as a dog, or as a, I don't like that saying, sick as a sick alligator or something. And 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 I, I say to myself, I want to get up. And the fellow's name was Tom Luongo. So I wake up and I go, you know, Tom, if you wanted to cancel today, that'd be great because I feel terrible. I could do it, but if you wanted to cancel. So an hour later, email, Dear Patrick, uh, Florida hurricane coming through, losing power. I can't do the show, you know. Thank you. Wow. You know, yeah. thank you, God. So it's Wednesday morning, and that's my um, um, uh, go to the farmer's market day to pick up goat's milk and when you order it and you don't pick it up you just kind of lose it it's because they bring it they make it special you and it was two gallons and i said well, i gotta go get that goat's milk and um i don't have to do a show so i'm not gonna do a show but i was pooping like every you know every 20 minutes so i said well i'll just yeah. bring a bucket you know i'll bring a bucket and i'm gonna go get that and because i don't want to <laughs> have to stop and decide it seriously <laughs> You know, seriously. So I, I get all ready to go. I get a text from the goat milk guy. Dear Patrick, um, I, I I came in late to the farmer's market and they wouldn't let me set up. I was five minutes late. So you would you like a refund or you can pick up your milk next week? Thank you very wow. much. I know. Yeah. So, you know, and then I, yeah. these things happen and there are no coincidences, you know. And you talk about that. What were you talking about? How this idea of the moment you 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 agree to do one of the recall healing things that you're in it, right? Yes. That idea. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. So it, it, this is pretty spiritually geeky, but think about it. It's really cool. If we know that there is no time, that everything is happening now. So Luongo and the hurricane is all happening at the same moment that I'm sick, and the goat milk guy is doing his thing in the same moment I'm sick and wants to do something to help me, and he'll be late just to help me, whatever. And everybody has free will. Now, that's the cool thing. How do you figure that one out? So if that's not God's stuff, man, I don't know what is, because you just can't make that stuff up. And this is happening every moment to every soul and every planet on every plane of existence just like these people we're talking about, all these connections with family. It's all just one big interconnected galactic soup of God. Everybody's trying to help everybody. And we all have free will. Now, how does that work? I mean, it's not like somebody said to the goat guy, well, you got to be late because Patrick can't go. And you know, no, just, no, he just had free will and he wanted to be late for whatever he wanted to be. But it was exactly what I wanted. Now, mm-hmm. if that's not a definition of God, I don't know what is. Yeah. 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 I love that. It came to me the other day that the saying, we were born in original synchronicities. Synchron- oh, I like it. Synchronicities. We were. How is it possible? Wow. Whew. Billions of people. And I, so, I think we're also interacting with the moon and the sun and the stars, everything, the weather. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one big. So, so let's talk about that. So from that standpoint, if we kind of 
have bought into this spiritual geekiness, which you and I are kind of talking about right now, what are some things we as souls can do to facilitate and allow this to work even more efficiently, like you're talking about this path or that path? What are some things we can do as spiritual beings in a body that can facilitate this beautiful interconnectedness that we know is happening to our benefit? What is some? What comes to mind for you? What's something that you can do or I can do to keep this going or help it even more? Or do we have to help it at all? I mean, that's an interesting question right, right. too. I mean, do we have so to do anything? Do we have Juan, to do I anything? I want to show this to everybody. Okay. Uh, you can see that. Yes, it's we a, can. It's a book called The Walk in the Physical. Right. By a guy named Christian Sunberg. And he's like an engineer, kind of a mentality mm-hmm. but he re- he remembers his pre-birth experience like in great detail um and so the uh the first thing to remember which you you're remembering and it seems like it's true for me and everybody i talk to there the more we devote ourselves to some practice of stillness uh whatever you might want to call that the more we become aware of the synchronicities Um, if i wake up and get caught up in the timing of the day and the compulsions of the day um, i don't notice nearly as many of the synchronicities yes and that that requires a that can be done that requires a uh, a more and more um, quietness, internal quietness of the mind and everything, and more just being, as Ram Das would say, be here now. And then we can, we get an opportunity to feel it or see this, right? Yes, and the big thing that happens in my life, and other people say the same, that when we start doing that, the programming in the nervous system that drives compulsive behavior can get really, really loud. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, now you, you get up and eat something now. You can't sit here and be quiet. I'm telling you, you're hungry. You better get up and eat right this minute. You don't have time to sit here and be still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, that TV show, it starts in five minutes. <laughs> you cannot sit here and do this. You have to see this show. You, you'll miss something. It's the fear of missing out thing or whatever. So everybody's compulsions have a different flavor, but they're all based on that original nervous system programming. And it's learning to let those compulsions have a voice and yet not act on them. Mm-hmm. And as we practice that, these synchronicities that are probably there all the time, we begin to notice them. And there's something really cool about noticing them. Yeah. So uh, I think the cool part is when we as soul, we realize that we have a choice of sitting there being quiet or going to watch the TV show. <laughs> hmm? and, it yeah, is. and neither one of them are wrong. Or no, right. no, it's not wrong you know, or right. No. Yeah. 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 You know, you've got infinity to sort this out. So, you know, you, 
<laughs> there's really no pressure. Uh, yeah, you know, I listened to some of them say that at the conference. It's like, oh, God, that's a new idea. Well, I think you've really hit on something that's incredibly important. And, boy, I've worked with it my whole life, you know, spending my grade school and Our Lady of Perpetual Payments, you know, going to confession, you know. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know how many times you go into a priest thing and tell him you uh, masturbated. You know, I mean, come on, you were going to go to hell, you know, when you're going to do that. <laughs> Big hell. You go to the burning hell with that one. Oh, God. So anyway, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's a, you know, this whole thing, and we're going to talk about it on our next show, and it's very important. This whole thing about something is good or bad, that's the big illusion. Yeah. Right? Because God doesn't care. You think there's a some there's an it or a person or an energy somewhere going, oh, that's good. No, no, that's bad. No, no, that no. God doesn't care. God just keeps saying, I love you. Just keep coming. You'll, you'll be fine. You know, <laughs> you'll be fine. Just keep on coming. Don't stop. No, no, just keep coming. <laughs> Don't stop there. Yeah, but I want to be guilty for the next two hours. No, no, just come on. You'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Right? That's my experience. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, that, that, uh, good, that good or bad thing, that'll make you crazy, right? <clears throat> Yes. And I, I think we've all done it with food. We've done it with um, uh, supplements. We've done it with uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, this is good. Oh, no, that's bad. No, no, this is good. No, no, that's, it'll make you crazy and you just can't do it. Or you can, but well, I don't recommend it. Well, how do you deal with yeah. that? How do you, within your life, with not getting to good or bad or being for or against anything? Oh, wow. Yeah, it just continues on, Patrick. I feel like I've, I'm riding this short yellow bus to that school. It's taken me a long time to come to this, you know, and I still come to it. Like, even on this thing that's going on now, it's like I want to call something good and bad about it, or right or wrong. Yeah. There's so much suffering in that. It's, it's a way of being stuck for a while. Yeah. And you know, um, and and the suffering and being stuck is not good or bad. It no, just you're, is. Yeah, you're suffering. And, uh, and, and I want to punch people when they <laughs> say that to me at the wrong time, you know. <laughs> but only if they're smaller than me, you know. Uh, like you used to say, don't poke the giant in the eye don't with poke, the stick. Yeah, don't poke the giant in the eye. <laughs> you know, it's just so, I, I, I'll tell you a recent story. I went through a thing, or, and, you know, like... Uh, oh, I don't want to drink any, just one cup. No, I, I don't want to drink coffee because it's bad for me. No, I'm going to drink it because I like it. No, I'm going to drink, no, well, maybe I'll drink, you know, you go through that thing for like three months, you know, like make yourself crazy. And I really like the taste of it, but about five minutes after I do it, I don't really like the way it feels. So, right, so then I started doing it. I said, well, I think what I'm going to do, this is cook fun. I have a, one of those um, French presses. So I did like one teaspoon as opposed to two tablespoons, just one teaspoon. So like a little homeopathic thing, I put cream in there, you know, and it's kind of go, oh, this is really, really kind of good, yeah. This feels good, no caffeine hit. Yeah, maybe I'll just do this, right? So then I do this mm -hmm. for like a week, 
and then I, I did it this morning, and I felt just as stoned on one teaspoon as I used to on two tablespoons. You see, so the, the, high, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because, and I've really got to the point this morning, you know what? I don't even like the way it feels. I don't even, that's not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna not do it, not because it's not good for me. I just don't like the way it feels anymore. And that was my yeah. morning experience this morning. And it's just so freeing. I'm doing it not because it's bad for me. Coffee's not gonna hurt you. It's, I just don't like the way it feels. It took me a long time to get to that point. Isn't that weird? I mean, how, how can we be so duh that we can't be that clear with something that simple? Isn't it amazing? We humans? <laughs> yes. You yes. understand, right, what I'm saying? Yeah. You get to the oh, yeah. you get to the point, well, you know, I just don't want to do that anymore. So I'm done. You know, like you did with drinking at one point. You said, No, I'm done. I, what am I gonna do? It's not good, it's not bad. I just don't want to do it anymore. I did that with smoking, you know, fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. We just we just come to that that's the beautiful thing. That's that and the, the, the energy of the person or the entity that's making that decision, that's who I am. No mm-hmm. mind, yeah. no emotions, no, no silly stuff, no loose particles. It's who I am. I just don't want to do that. Thanks. Yeah. Or like you did probably. How did, do you remember when you came to the conclusion you aren't going to drink, drink anymore? How that happened? Wow. Uh, so it's a, that one that one was uh, such a deep compulsion. If I hadn't had the help of uh, friends in a 12 step group, I wouldn't have made it. Mm. Um, and really, here's the funny thing. Uh, for those of us who are like me, and I just hear them tell their stories too. the thing that drives that self medicating behavior, self medicating. Is that what that? Oh, drinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is resentments and fears that have never been looked at. And so it was when I was working on the resentments and fears and coming to a place of being willing to share them with somebody else, somewhere along the line doing that, the desire to drink and take drugs disappeared. And I can't even tell you exactly when it happened. Um, but it had to do with looking at resentments and fears that were kind of running my life. Hmm. And I think my 1130 people just showed up. Hang on, let me go answer the door. Tell them they're 20 minutes early. <laughs> they probably know that. OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like to be on the show with Dr. Richard Massey, uh, please call us or email us. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or call 888 6386 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my friends are a little bit early. We're going to we're going to get we're going to get started in, in a minute and we're going to do an IV for them. Yeah, y'all come on in. Uh yeah, yeah, Greg there. He's dressed nice, so he'll be good on the podcast the world. We'll get to see him all dressed up nice. So can um, we hang out a few minutes or do you need to go now? You let me know. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh, just you know tie it up here. There, it's going to take a few minutes to get ready, uh, but yeah, I'll probably take off here in a in a few minutes. End up happening a little earlier than planned. Okay, so. well we can we can do that. Um, 
So let's see where what we were talking about. Um, oh, so similar. I think that's what I did with cigarettes, and you did with booze, or even with the coffee. It's you just get to the point where you just make a decision. You just don't want to feel like that anymore, right? Is that what it was oh, for you? Yeah. I no, want to get you more the in the center. And in the twelve, yeah, in the over in the twelve step uh, community, that's actually what we call God. Oh, um, it's yeah. called. It stands for the gift of desperation. <laughs> and you like, call that? I don't want to feel that way so bad that I'm desperate, right? That's how bad I don't want to feel that way anymore. Um, Boy, isn't that interesting? Just a light. So you, it's a light. You you have to dig deep, and you actually know your spirituality or know your connection with God, which is who you are, right? And that's um. Mm -hmm that's the person that makes the decision to stop drinking you yeah 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 that part starts to feel so bad mm -hmm. in a way about about how this is going like mm. wow the grief of uh watching a human being destroy their life with their choices is uh, pretty hard to live with day in and day out when you were doing the demon rum thing did you actually have conscious um, I'm real curious, conscious thoughts and feelings that you knew you were doing something really dumb. And did you do, did you really come to that conclusion? Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it's just that feeling the resentments and fears were worse. That was worse. The resentments of who? Whom's? Whom's? Oh, the list was long <laughs> and illustrious, Patrick, and also mundane. There. There was hardly anybody in life that I didn't resent, huh. um, and uh, and almost everybody I was afraid of. Afraid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like afraid that they would do what? Um, okay, so I spent all the money I ever had because I was sure somebody was just going to go take everything out of my bank account. So. Uh, wow. I never had a savings account. I never had a 401k because someone else is going to come and take it. Wow. Now, that turns out that it's an ancestral memory that really happened that I carried. It didn't make any sense, but the feeling was so deep it couldn't be denied. There's no way you could tell me that wasn't going to happen. I would never believe that. Wow. Um, <laughs> but now that I've learned about ancestral things, I, I get it. I carried that for the family. Hmm. There are people in the family that actually really happened to. And you carried so, it because you thought that's helping them for you to have this experience, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I'm showing you the answer. Hey, don't ever pile anything up or somebody can come get it, right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work out well. No. It worked no. out live, <laughs> you know. But the the belief is so deep in the nervous system that, no amount of talking is going to change it. A person has to have a spiritually transforming experience in order to get free from that. Yeah. The 12-step programs is one way to do that. It's one way to have a deep, spiritual, transformative experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so is the out-of-body and the near-death experience and all those things. Because um, we're, in, you know, we could really use that right now with all this going on in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Boy, people are waking up too. I get emails now that are just 
amazing are people, you know, people are really waking up to a lot of stuff. Isn't it great? It's almost like the G-O-D thing, like you just can't take anymore, so you just got to wake up so it doesn't hurt so much, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. All right, Doc. Well, um, I know you got you have uh, people there, and you can go do your thing. And thanks for being okay. on the show. We will see you uh, next next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, on the other side of the nervous breakthrough, and we'll see. How yeah, that yeah, on the nervous. Well, it's good to have a nervous breakthrough. <laughs> Doctor Richard Massey, and uh, we have his phone number. <laughs> right, that's right. Doc Massey at gmail and you too can email him and. Uh, Say hello. All right, Doc, thanks a lot. I love you. Love you too, Patrick. See you soon. Bye-bye, Dr. Richard. All right, bye-bye. Cool guy, yeah? Good friend. He the real deal. He actually works for a living. What a concept. Uh, Let me do this and we'll... Okay, we're going to talk some more because I'm full of... um, half a couple of homeopathic coffee and it was a really weird experience this morning. Anyway, I got my orange juice and let's take a little break here and then I will be back in about uh, oh, 10 minutes or so and uh, we'll talk. Uh, I think you're going to like this conversation. It's the idea of not being for or against anything and it's really a fun um, a mental, emotional, spiritual uh, kind of philosophical construct to work on and uh, it's very powerful and if you're spiritually geeky stick around and the video will be up on the front page or also um, we will uh, have these video up on on BitChute too if you're watching the show on BitChute you can go to the the description box underneath this video click on the donation tab and give us a one-off donation. We could use your bucks or a monthly thing, five, 10, 20 bucks. Also the store, we have some great products. There's a hot link. Also another hot link to our website, oneradionetwork.com, and you'll see 15 years of some really, really good shows with all kinds of people from all around the world and all facets of health, wealth, and well-being, all at no charge. The world is your oyster. Dig in and listen away, burn them, CDs, whatever you want to do. So I'll see you back in about 10 minutes. Thank you for your support. And uh, may the blessings be. Thanks to Dr. Richard Massey. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.